0: Hey, Vermont Untapped listeners. For election season 2022, Vermont Folklife is re-releasing Under the Golden Dome, the stories behind Vermont's citizen legislature. This 10-part series originally aired in 2004 and was created from interviews with 35 former legislators. You can learn more about this project and listen to other episodes of Vermont Untapped at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. Enjoy and don't forget to vote.
1: It was a shock to me the way women were treated in the legislature. I had come from a women's society teaching school and uh, a lot of respect for women. And uh, when I got over there, I found that uh, women were expected to be clerks and do the mechanical work. The Equal Rights uh, Amendment uh, came up, and uh, then women came to the forefront.
2: Women had been in the Vermont legislature since Edna Beard in 1921, and in 1953, Consuela Bailey became Vermont's first woman speaker, and then the nation's first woman lieutenant governor. But as Louise Swainbanks said, women continued to be separate but unequal in the Statehouse until a group of women from Chittenden County emerged in the 70s.
0: At first I thought, well, I'm going to have a tough time in the legislature, one because I'm a Democrat, and there were very few Democrats at that time, we were a real minority and the other because I'm a woman and there were very few women. Well, it turned out that my biggest liability was neither of those but the fact that I was from Burlington,
2: which was the big city. Madeline Cunin won a seat in the Vermont House of Representatives in 1972, running on a platform that stressed educational, environmental, and poverty issues.
0: I soon learned that the most powerful committee in the House was the House Appropriations Committee, and uh, I also learned early on that not all legislators were equal. We may have gotten there by the vote, so we were equally elected. But the leadership and the committee chairs wielded a lot of power. And so I looked around me and I said, well, you know there are 180 people here, but there are about a dozen who really call the shots." And there had never been a woman in a leadership position before. So I decided to run for the position of Democratic Whip, which is the uh, number two spot uh, in the leadership hierarchy. And as a result of that, I gained a position on the uh, House Appropriations Committee. And the budget itself is the most important uh, legislation that... The legislature has to deal with. You have to pass a budget each year. And it wasn't just a question of money. It was a question of
2: values. Four years later, Gretchen Morse followed Cunin down the interstate to Montpelier.
3: When I got elected, I ended up being one of the only Republican women. And yet I felt a great allegiance and, and collegiality with many of the other Democrat women candidates that won. And so we went to Montpelier with kind of a group. We carpooled together. We often stayed overnight together. We knew each other as people. We shared a lot of things in common. We had small children. Uh, Madeline was kind of like our big sister, and she was very, very generous with her skills and her mentoring, regardless of party. The other thing is... um, I didn't really feel, among the women friends that I had there, that there was a lot of ego. I mean, we were very excited about participating and joining and not necessarily being the it. And so there was a lot of teamwork. We held caucuses together and took on issues that crossed party lines.
4: When I got to the house, of were women helping women. And as I came in, I didn't ask for the traditional committees that women often do. I did ask for uh, Ways and Means, which is a tax writing committee. And Madeline got me on Ways and Means, which was almost unheard of in those days for a freshman to get on a money committee. It was totally scary, too, because I really didn't know much about taxes, and I had to learn awful fast.
2: Sally Soules' interest in politics was born out of a difficult personal experience. Her career was a sign that women would bring new energies, new issues, and new perspectives into the state house.
4: My third pregnancy, I lost a child, went to term, and uh, a, a baby died because it was a blue baby. And at that point, the doctor said to me, no more babies. And I said, all right, if I have one, I'm, I am get pregnant again, I'm going to have an abortion. And he said, no abortions. Well, that's, again, what radicalized me in terms of some of my thinking. And I think a lot of people's career in politics or whatever they do comes from their own personal experience, no question about it. And this was a searing experience in my life. And so I think that's began my interest in abortion rights, women's rights. And I do think very clearly that people's political life or their business life or whatever it is, a lot of it comes from their own personal experience. Sally was a wonderful uh, and
1: very strong legislator. She was uh, a rock of Gibraltar, you know. She was courageous. And so was Madeline Kunin, and Susan Ald was another uh, very strong uh, legislator. And there were there were women before that time who were good legislators. I don't mean that there weren't, but these people were activists and were willing to fight for their strong uh, rights.
2: When debate began over whether Vermont should ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, the opposition included Phyllis Schlafly of the conservative Eagle Forum, yet support appeared from often unexpected quarters.
1: It came up fairly early, as I remember, and uh, it was quite obvious that we had the votes. And so we decided not to speak too much, in other words, not to kill it by uh, over-talking. But uh, it did pass, um, both houses, and we did ratify, but, of course, it never was ratified nationally. Phyllis Schlafly appeared and with cohorts and uh, uh, organized the opposition at a hearing. That was very interesting. But uh, some little man from Barry got up and said, I'm not going to pay any attention to somebody who comes in here from Illinois. And, of course, we were all just delighted. And I think that the very uh, process of, of working through all that really nationwide changed attitudes uh, toward women, and I think we've made a, a great many changes in a relatively short period of time.
2: When Madeline Kunin was elected governor in 1984... Record numbers of women followed her into state government. By the end of the century, Vermont had the highest percentage of women state legislators in the country.
1: Those strong women from the Burlington area were very effective, and uh, it gave courage to some of the rest of us. And uh, I think it was just a change in the general feeling about women. And the Governor's Commission on the Status of Women was very uh, prominent at the time. We had lot of support.
2: The interviews were sponsored by the Snelling Center for Government. This series was produced by the Vermont Folklife Center of Middlebury by Bob Merrill and Jane Beck. Funding for this series was provided by the Vermont Community Foundation and the Wyndham Foundation. I'm Greg Sharrow.